Welcome to the Yadkin Examine. My name is Jonathan Gaylord, the pastor at Yadkinville United Methodist Church, and the Yadkin Examine is a weekly podcast where every Monday we take a moment to reflect on the past week, give thanks to God, and seek strength for the day and week to come. The Examine comes out of a technique described by Ignatius Loyola and is still practiced by Jesuits twice daily. We've adapted it here to help us reflect on the events in our lives and discern God's presence and will for us. We'll use prompts for self-reflection from various sources, like the 22 questions John Wesley and the Holy Club at Oxford would ask themselves daily. In addition to that, we'll hear an excerpt from Sunday's sermon, and we'll draw some reflection questions from the sermon, our worship, and the scripture text. The reflection questions are listed in the show notes, and you may want to copy them so that you can write out your answers as a journaling practice. As we prepare to pray together, I invite you to take a moment to center your body, heart, and mind for prayer, maybe through taking several deep breaths, finding a comfortable posture, anything that helps you to be present to the Holy Spirit in our midst. And now let us begin with an excerpt from the January 29th sermon preached by me, Jonathan Gaylord, on Luke chapter 4 and the discipleship area of justice. And we're not real good at it. We're not real good at saying, well, this worked for me, so therefore it's going to work for you. We're not good at taking that step back and saying, okay, tell me where you are. Tell me your experience. Tell me what you need. Tell me what you hope for. And really, the only times that we're kind of shaken out of that, the only times where we find our souls troubled, the only time that we are really able to come to a place where we are listening is when there is a body in the newspaper. The only time that we really begin to grasp or wrestle with issues in our world is when there's a body in the newspaper. It's hard to talk about immigration, but when there's a toddler washed up on a beach in Italy, everybody can come together and say, that's not right. When there's a father and a child washed up on the banks of the Rio Grande, we can all agree that that's not right. When our brothers and sisters of color tell us that the world works differently for them than it does for people who are white, it's hard to listen. And the only times where we as a a church or a nation really begin to take stock is when there's a body in the newspaper. When names like George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or Tyree Nichols show up. The only time when we really pause to think about drug abuse in our own communities is when the Yadkin Ripple shows up with a story and a face of someone who has died from an overdose, and maybe by two degrees of separation we know them. Or maybe there's somebody we went to school with, or the child of someone we went to school with. Justice is taking a step back and saying there doesn't need to be a body in the newspaper to get us to listen. Justice is taking a step back and saying, tell me your story, your experience, and I won't try to read my life over yours. 
Justice takes that step back and as its first act says, tell me what your world is like. Fannie Lou Hamer in 1971 in a speech uh, given to the the founding of the National Women's Political Conference uh, said that no one is free until we all are. No one is free until we all are free. Which means taking a step back and asking and listening to people tell us what their world is like and being willing to accept that it's different from ours and being willing to say that that's not okay. Justice is working for our shared humanity, is working for the reality that we somehow can make this world a better world, that we are a people of resurrection now, that we are a people of hope now. And often when we talk about these things in the church, you know, before COVID, we had a Wednesday night study on opioids, we had a Wednesday night study on immigration, and kind of one of the things that we ran up to in both of those conversations was like, some of it is, it is big 30,000 foot uh, policy conversations that we feel very much removed from. Some of it is very much 30,000 foot, we have a policy in the country or in the state or in our community that needs to change. I think sometimes when we talk about justice, we get caught up on these 30,000-foot political views. And yeah, there are some of those that we should talk about and that we should tackle and that we should advocate for. But justice as a discipleship action is essentially saying, how can we help tear down or help someone navigate the barriers that exist in our world that prevent them from getting the hope and the care that they need? How can we help someone change their lives so that tomorrow can be better? How can we help ourselves change our lives and help one another change our lives so that tomorrow can be better than today? And not in a short-term way. Compassion is great. Compassion work is great. Putting food in backpacks and taking it to the school, making sure kids who are hungry are fed is great and necessary work. And justice asks, why are those kids hungry to begin with? And how do we go a couple steps up to make it so that they don't need the backpack to begin with? When the church just preaches the company gospel, when it just says hope is for a kingdom and a time that is to come, We miss out on what Jesus Christ is doing in his life and in his ministry. We miss out on what the church in Acts is doing. We miss out on what Paul is doing. Because they're all standing up and saying that tomorrow can be better than today because of Jesus Christ, because of the hope that we have in the Holy Spirit, because of this community called the church, tomorrow can be better than today. And we can make a difference in the world so that everyone, that everyone knows that hope is for them. One of our jobs as the church, one of our jobs as disciples, one of our jobs as Christians is to make sure that hope is not a scarce commodity in our world to make sure 
that people know that through the church, through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, tomorrow can be better than today. That the barriers that exist in our community that keep people from getting the things they need can be navigated, can be torn down. And it starts with a very simple act. Probably the hardest act for us to do is to listen. To listen to people whose experiences are not like ours. And to put aside how the world is for us and to accept that the world might be different for someone else and to declare that resurrection and hope are possible. Almighty God, thank you for this opportunity to reflect upon our week that has been and prepare ourselves for the week that is coming. Holy God, as we reflect, be with us, pour out your Spirit upon us, and guide us. As you review the past week, name something that you're thankful for. Where did the Holy Spirit move for you? As you look at the week that has been, ask yourself these questions drawn from John Wesley and the Holy Club. Am I consciously or unconsciously creating the impression that I am better than I really am? In other words, am I a hypocrite? Am I honest in all my words and acts, or do I exaggerate? Do I pass on to another what was told to me in confidence? Looking ahead at the week that is to come, ask yourself these questions drawn from the sermon and our scripture text. How are you intentionally putting yourself in a place for God to speak to you? What injustice do you see around you today? What is an act of justice that you can live out today? Almighty God, we give you thanks for this day that you've placed before us. As we come before you, strengthen us to know you, to live in you, to live with you. May you be our God, and may we be your people. Forgive us our sins, and call us into relationship with you once more. We pray all this through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And before you return to the business of your day, I invite you to respond to Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has set me to proclaim the release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, 
Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Thank you so much for praying the Yadkin Examine with us today. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always reach me at pastor at yadkinvilleumc.org. And if you find these podcasts helpful to you in your spiritual life and development, I would encourage you to rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever it is, just go and give us a review, hopefully a five-star review. And if it isn't a five-star review, reach out to me and let me know what I could do differently to, to help this podcast make a bigger impact in your spiritual life. Thank you so much for praying with us. Until we pray together again, God bless.